So you're all very welcome to Holy Family for this uh, weekend retreat for all of your good selves who are on retreat or for our guests and friends and alumni and regulars and whoever else is here. You're all very, very welcome. Uh, I am a very proud uncle. Love my nieces and nephews. They're great crack. Uh, they're, they're, they're very good fun. They're very interesting. Um, they, they, they're, they live in different parts of, well, some down in Cork, some in Dublin, uh, some in England. And, uh, and it's great. It's great whenever we meet up. Uh, there's lots of different personalities. And, do you know, I have a little niece who, whenever she plays a game, the, the, the rules of the game always change according to what she needs in order to win. You know, anybody know? Anybody, is anybody that person? Are you that person in the room here? Uh, the rules constantly change. But this one little niece of mine... She loves all things uh, rainbows and buttercups and uh, unicorns and uh, little princess absolutely uh, loves all those kind of things. And my sister, who likes to have things in order, she's a pharmacist, she likes to have things tidy, her house is always spotless, everything has its place and everything is in that place. Um, she's quite like me. Uh, and so I went, she, she, Maria is her name, Maria was telling me about her daughter, my niece, Evie. So... Maria, Maria she's, very, she's very funny when she tells the story, like, because she's deadpan serious. Uh, but she said, you know, I was in the kitchen, and she's after developing a Cork accent, now she lives down in Cork. Um, so she said, I was, I was in the kitchen, and um, I was just making dinner, and I looked out, and there's Yveen, and she's there playing out in the grass, and it's all good, and she's happy jumping up and down, and she's seeing fairies and rainbows and unicorns everywhere, as always. And... Um, and then I looked out again, and there she was sitting on the grass, and she was playing on the grass. And that's great. She just, just kept preparing the old dinner. All good. All good. I looked out again, and there she was, just eating away, uh, eating, eating at something. And she, what's she answer? I gave her raisins this morning, but that was that was ages ago. What's she eating? And she doesn't speak. Just she can see even eating something of raisin-like nature. Um, so she decides to go out and have a look and see what, what Eveen was eating. Um, so she goes out, and Eveen had overturned a, a rock and found a lot of woodlouse, and she was eating them. And they're lovely because they're crunchy, so they're, they're hard on the outside, but when you bite into them, they explode. You know, this, it's, you know, I can, I, actually, they're on, they're on the, the menu for today, so you'll, you'll, you'll be seeing it later. <laughs> Uh, they're the entree. <laughs> they're a delicacy, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so my sister was just standing there, kind of like petrified, just paralyzed. Just what do you say? <laughs> That's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my childhood. Maybe, maybe worms would probably be worse. Admittedly, not much. All the Bear Grylls has done it. I've been tempted. Never actually needed the protein that much um, but uh, yeah th th there she was eating eating woodlouse and my sister was like this absolutely disgusting stop do you want to come to the kitchen uh, I'll get you actual food that isn't grossness incarnate that's disgusting and you come and you come wash out your mouth <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's just I, I find that the, these kind of little examples little stories uh, are I find very relevant also to, to adults right because as children, when we do things like that, what are we doing? We're looking for joy. We're looking for fulfillment. Looking for, you know, food. Looking for satisfaction of maybe a hunger or whatever it is. We're looking for, for the fulfillment of what might be a good desire, but in the wrong way. 
in the run. Just that's clear. Don't do that, right? Okay. We're looking for the fulfillment of, of, of a good desire. You know, if, if you're if you're if you're if you're hungry and you want to eat, there's nothing sinful about that. Uh, but we're looking, we're fulfilling that desire in the wrong way, and in a way that 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 can actually lead to to, to us harming ourselves. You know, uh, in a way that 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 can be that can be dangerous. And so it is also with us, you teenagers, as adults, as fully grown-ups, whatever I'm supposed to be at this point, middle-aged or something. Um, uh, whatever it is, we do the exact we do exactly the same thing. Not exactly eating wood louse, but we we, we we look for something to substitute a good desire, but maybe try and fulfil it in the wrong way. In our first reading, we have this this King Antiochus, and he, it's a very sad story because um, he's after he has erected an uh, an altar. Well, he desecrated the altar in, in the temple in Jerusalem, so he put a an abomination over it, an abomination of desolation. So he slaughtered a, a, a pig, which he knew would be greatly offensive to the Jews, and desecrated the altar and so on, and slayed anybody who got in his way. And now this reading tells us about uh, the fact that the, the um, due to the Macca- Maccabean, so the Maccabees, the family of Maccabees, rebelled, so they won back some of the territory, and he's after losing another battle. So he's feeling very sad. And of course we feel very bad for him. As we'd say in Ireland, we do, yeah. Uh, so he's, he's lying on his bed feeling very sorry for himself that he's after losing a battle and after losing <clears throat> territory now in the Holy Land. And um, he's, he's deeply sad. And what does he say? He says at the end of the reading, I remember the wrong I did in Jerusalem when I seized all the vessels of silver and gold there and ordered the extermination of the inhabitants, inhabitants of Judah for no reason at all. This, I am convinced, is why these misfortunes have overtaken me and why I am dying of melancholy in a foreign land. So, even though it's, by human standards, little repentance and fairly late in the game, he recognises that this desire he had for power, he was fulfilling by invading and slaughtering. And here he is now, just empty. It means nothing to him. It means nothing to him. Well, then there are others of us who maybe don't have such maybe violent uh, goals or ideals. You know, we don't want to take over the world by force, but we want to fulfil other desires. You know, so say for example, there's a uh, many of you, I'm sure, who believe that if I could just get married, if I just got married, that would fulfil all my desires. That would make me happy. I'd have company. I'd be fulfilled. I'd get to choose the dress. I'd get to choose the the um, bridesmaids' dresses and make sure that their dress is the same colour as the palette chosen for the flowers uh, on the display in front of the altar and the napkins used at the reception and the shoes of the postman, milkman and anyone else who has to come to visit my house over that week-long period. You know, you get to do all of that. It's great, it's wonderful. You know, getting married, it's wonderful. You get all that kind of thing? Do you get all excited about that kind of thing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Great. So, and if I could just get married, it'd be great, okay? Uh, So in this, this reading... This gospel isn't exactly about... They're trying to trick Jesus, basically. So the Jewish custom was, if your brother died childless, you'd take his wife and so on and so forth in order to, uh, to, to, to give him children. Okay, uh, so this widow marries all seven and has no children. Who is she married to in, in, in heaven, since she was wife to all seven? And the Lord says, see, that's not the way it works. In heaven... We don't get married. 
Now, in, I, uh, he doesn't say this, so, uh, but I'll just add a little thing there if I may. Uh, in heaven, I think we know who everybody is. As in, in heaven, your personality remains. You are still you. So you're not, you don't, you're, you don't uh, dissolve like a drop of water in the ocean where you're in this divinity but have no personality. No, you do have a personality in heaven. You do. You are still you. So because you're still you and we're in heaven, I think we, we know who everybody is. So if you had a husband or children, you will know who they are in heaven. It's not like everyone is just you know, in this crowd of strangers, like in heaven. And you walk past your, your husband of yesteryear and don't even recognize him. I don't think so. I think we know who everybody is. But God is our everything. God is our all in all. God is our fulfillment. So the, the love that we have for everybody, is, is, it, it, it's a complete love. It's a pure love. It's a selfless love. Uh, it's not a love that has sexual intimacy as part of it. it. There's no need for that because the love that we have for everybody is a perfect love. It's perfect friendship. So uh, the Lord is saying here that, that that particular relationship, the marital relationship, that this side of eternity and even in heaven is not what fulfills us. It's not what fulfills us. There's something even greater than that, something even deeper than that. And very often we, we, we pitch all of our hopes for happiness on success, maybe on wealth, maybe on power, maybe on a relationship, maybe on marriage, maybe on marriage and having children, maybe on marriage and having children and living in a certain place, marriage and having children and having, uh, living in a certain place and having a pool and being able to go on holidays and in Spain every year, whatever our dream is. And we think that if we can realize all these things and tick all these boxes, then we'll be happy. But that's not the case. It's not the case. Because we've been created for something greater. The very often quoted line from, from St. Augustine, you have created us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So we've been created for God. By all means, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying... Uh, don't get married or anything like that. Unless you want to be a priest, then don't get married. Um, or a sister. You'd be great sisters. You can see the veils on you. That'd be lovely. Um, but if that's your vocation, absolutely fantastic. But even that, that, that's a stepping stone towards something greater. If that's your vocation, our vocations aren't an end to themselves. So I, I become a priest and now I know what I'm supposed to do with my life. No, my priesthood is supposed to help me and others get to heaven. If you get married, your marital vocation is supposed to help you and your family get to heaven. If you're single, your, your, your singleness is supposed to help you and others get to heaven. It's all, the goal is still the same regardless of what your vocation is. The end goal is the same. And the universal vocation of sanctity that's common to us all. So don't spend your life eating bugs. Set your hearts on the higher things are the things that come from our maker in heaven. Faith, hope and love. And the greatest is love. And the greatest love that we should have should be for God himself. And if we do that, then we're setting ourselves up for eternity. And we're setting ourselves up for a fulfillment that no human being can ever achieve. And a fulfillment that nothing can take away from us. So we ask the Lord today to renew our love for him, renew our desire for him, to renew 
our belief that he is the fulfillment of our every desire.